Welcome to the Find the Good Mamahood podcast. I'm Caitlin Carpio-Futchner, and I'm so excited to spend some time with you. This is a place where I talk with other mamas about their favorite tips, tricks, and resources, and also celebrate the joys of mamahood by sharing real stories and experiences. New moms, veteran moms, moms-to-be, this podcast is for you. I hope our honest chats about the highs and lows of mamahood help you find joy wherever you are in your journey. I am so glad you're here. Hello again. Thank you for tuning in to the Find the Good Mamahood podcast. We're so happy you're here. Today, my friend and neighbor, Allison Keeler, is joining us to talk about a really special transition um, in families, a really big and often daunting transition going from one to two children. I'm especially excited about this conversation because my family is actually about to grow. So this is your official announcement that we're having a baby girl and she's due in just about a month. So that's what's been on our minds for a while. We've decided to name her Lila and we're just so excited. Couldn't be more excited to meet her. Um, I know there's so much change in store and there's already been a lot of change for me and Coda and my husband, Diego. So I am so excited to talk to Allison. I can't wait to hear about her experience and what she's learned in her transition to two. Thank you so much for chatting with me today, Allison. Of course, Caitlin, and congratulations. I'm so happy for you and your family. Thank you. Yeah, so you have two daughters. Uh, tell us about them. Yes, so my two girls <clears throat> are three and seven months. and they are doing great. I had a lot of fears about the transition from one to two. I was also very happy that you asked me to talk about this because it's it's been quite therapeutic actually to go back to <laughs> yeah, you know it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> Good. And uh, the uh, the advice that I got was that it was harder to go from zero to one than it was from one to two. And I would say that's probably reigns true for me as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And um, just so we know a little bit about you, share a um, little bit about yourself, what you like to do during the week for fun, um, anything like that. Right. So, you know, but um, a mom of two girls and I've been married to my husband for six years this fall. Um, mm, I work Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> I work full-time as an IRB panel administrator, and I've gone down a few different career paths uh, since I graduated college. Mostly, they've all been in research, so that is my passion, what I keep coming back to, even though I have a nursing degree and actually a massage therapy license as well. Oh, <laughs> um, no way. Yeah. Um, yeah, you didn't know. Uh, so, but research is really my passion and that is, that is what I like to do from a professional basis. And then personally, my favorite things in life consist of dance, cooking, you know, how much I love food <laughs> and mm -hmm. love to cook for and provide for others. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. <laughs> awesome. Yes. We love your cooking and I love that you and Stefan love cooking together. Yes. It's more him. Definitely. I need to take my hat off to him. It's, it's wonderful having a husband who can cook. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So you mentioned it. Um, 
what are some of the fears that you had before having two? And then how did they end up? How did they turn out? Yeah, that question is so wonderful because like I said, it brings me back to try and name what I was feeling when I was preparing for the next chapter of motherhood. (laughs) And then I can say what actually happened after all that time I spent anxiously preparing for number two's arrival. (laughs) I don't think I truly engaged with what I was feeling as a fear-based behavior, but I definitely had some major driving factors to try and help my oldest become as independent and self-sufficient as possible for her age, which which at the time was about two and a half. So potty training, transitioning from crib to toddler bed, um, borrowing a lot of ideas from Montessori style living with kids Mm -hmm. (laughs) and setting up care post-baby with other family members that would give her all the love and attention that she deserves, things like that. Um, so I guess I was most, most fearful that I wouldn't be able to meet all of my oldest needs, Mm -hmm. a brand new baby's round and round the clock needs, um, with the idea of conflicting sleep and wake cycles for my oldest and my youngest and worried about navigating the dissimilar routines for each kid. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. I also feared snow. (laughs) (laughs) I was due at the end of February and my battle royale all winter long, carrying my second and trying to put on boots, coats, etc. And the idea of weather preventing our road trip to the hospital when I'd heard how fast, especially Mm -hmm. baby tends to come after the first, you know, kind of they say paves the way. Yes. (laughs) Um, And I did also still, I I still feared COVID a bit. Um, You know, my family actually all came down with it when I was 38 weeks pregnant. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I, I got offered to receive monoclonal antibody infusion treatment and everything like that. Um, Just quite surreal thinking about it now, the fact that I was eligible to receive a treatment reserved for the most vulnerable, you know, to severe disease from the virus. So, but all in all, my biggest fear was definitely the first one that I mentioned and kept me working pretty hard every day to give my oldest the best springboard or platform that I could provide at age 2.5 to (laughs) help her help herself. And give her some pride in her own abilities while I tended to a brand new baby's needs. In fact, I, I remember neglecting everything from <laughs> the newborn preparation side of things until I was about two to four weeks away from my due date to prioritize mm. all work with my firstborn. And, you know, the outcome has honestly been phenomenal. <laughs> mm. um, kind of like how anticipating guests coming to your home gets you motivated to clean everything yeah (laughs) except there's there's permanence with the work I did with my first kid because we know that a clean house is not permanent after the guest (laughs) arrives but she she was and has remained 
successfully potty trained, sleeping in a bed that she could get in and out of as needed, grab her own plates, bowls, utensils for dinner dinner time, mm. make a snack for herself, etc. So a really positive lasting outcome of some fear-based work that I did to prepare for number two. <laughs> hmm. That sounds really great. Like, I think it sounds like you really thought about it and yeah, you were trying to set her up for success. So your time with her wouldn't be spent doing the needs necessarily. Like she'd have some um, uh, ability to do that on her own. And then the time you do spend with her can be spent on other things. Yeah. The emotional connection piece is really important when you transition from one to two kids so that your firstborn isn't kind of left hanging <laughs> in, mm-hmm. the love, in the love department. So, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think that's, that's my biggest fear <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that he will, that Coda would feel maybe not replaced because I'm not going to ignore him, but like, yeah, just like, it's not the same and mom doesn't love me as much or, or mom or dad. I don't know. Um, and all the attention is on the baby. And I feel like you get a precursor of that when everybody's always talking about the baby in your, in your inside you. And Coda's like, stop talking about this baby. <laughs> you know, it I doesn't matter to me. Yes, I'm excited for her. Like, yes, I have a little sister. And then all the gifts that are coming, like our family members give us. And he's like, more stuff? <laughs> more stuff for this baby? And where's my gift? And so I think that's been helpful for me to get it a little preview of that like okay how do I how do I talk to him about it how can I make sure he can participate in some fun things and he can get some gifts sometimes but still understanding like something different's happening right because he's so used to um and his and at his age as well you know he's thinking he is the center of the world he is the center of your world he's mm-hmm. Diego's world um, mm-hmm. so this is the first, this, this definitely has the opportunity presented to rock the boat, but it's a good, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing to mm. rock the boat in this way, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. after you see your kids looking at one another and connecting <laughs> and their own bond, it just, you know, it takes all that away, takes all those fears away. That's awesome. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed having a sister and I think siblings are a gift. Absolutely. So what were some ways that you did prepare, maybe other than the ones you already mentioned, prepare yourself, prepare Elena, um, I don't know, prepare your house for the transition to two that were really helpful? So all of the things I talked about in my fear-based nesting behavior (laughs) And, (laughs) and giving the oldest as much of a leg up on independent play and things they need to care for themselves in their activities of daily living. Sorry, that's the nurse and me coming out talking about <laughs> daily living. But teaching like for really like a really concrete example, just teach them how to put on their undies and their pants with the tag in the back. <laughs> um, put their stuff in their reach. Mm-hmm. I love command hooks (laughs) to hang up their coats and hats and even their bathrobe and towels in the bathroom for them to be able to help themselves to what they need Mm 
this is really a win-win because developmentally speaking, two to three-year-olds are all about trying to do everything all by themselves. For sure. Yeah. And then the challenge is for you, mama, to try not to cry thinking about it. (laughs) (laughs) All the things your first baby can physically do without you. Mm. Um, Because you are about to get to start it all over again with the new baby. And Mm -hmm. the pride and joy you see in your oldest at being able to do things for themselves takes almost all of the sting out of them not (laughs) being a baby baby anymore. Mm. What else did I do? The, um, my oldest loves reading books. So I got a few of those sibling books and Mm -hmm. even one was a soft crinkle book that our youngest would enjoy crunching up and gnawing when we finished reading it together, all three of us and reading together has been such a crucial bonding activity throughout the course of my mamahood journey reading together is just so cozy Mm -hmm. easy and people are usually really happy to gift books to families for this reason if you want to ask for that to be a priority investment people are happy to oblige instead of Mm -hmm. lots of big and flashy noisy messy toys (laughs) Also, I did send my oldest to spend one-on-one time with those others who would be a source of love and comfort for them ahead of the necessity. I got her used to leaning into relationships other than our primary mother-child relationship. That way, it wouldn't come as a huge shock to her system when all of a sudden she's spending more time with dad or more time with grandma or more time with a friend. That was, that's just really helping them to not feel like the rug is being pulled out from underneath them when the new baby arrives and needs so much of mama to grow and develop as well as number one did as a baby. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Um, You know, just even in the hospital idea, like with Coda, we had him at a birth center and we went straight home um, very quickly, only a few hours after the birth. Um, and I didn't necessarily want that this time around. I felt like I, I really wanted some time to stay still um, and rest. Ideally, I would have had a home birth, but that was not possible. So thinking about a hospital setting, I was like, well, Coda can't sleep there you know, and I never had to think about that before. He's only slept over with um, Diego's mom before, um, and that's it. So even that has gotten my wheels turning, like, okay, he needs to be comfortable sleeping with the other set of grandparents, spending longer time with them, just understanding it's not a punishment. It's not something new. It's like something fun and and different, and they they can care for you too when mom and dad are busy. So I think think that's so awesome. It sounds like you really thought out a lot of these things. Well, I, I feel like as a mother, I try to follow my kids lead as much as possible. And it helps. She has a personality that's so similar to mine. (laughs) So, you know, some things that I did for her, you know, I was really kind of thinking from an empathetic standpoint, like where, what would, what would have helped me, you know, exposure really 
you know, like small exposures help over time. Of course, when I brought Isabel home with me from the hospital after we had been gone for a few nights and really just talking with Helena over video chat, she was staying with her godfather and her aunt at our house. Um, I think that might have helped maybe to have her, you know, in her own bed, in her own routine, different people watching over her that she knew. And when we got home with Isabel, I was expecting this big, you know, encounter. <laughs> I had popped it all up in my head. There was going to be tears or there was going to be, you know, running to this brand new two day old baby and wanting to hold her, you know, and Elena just kind of went, okay. Wow. <laughs> and, and was having so much, was having so much fun, like the time of her life with mom and dad away mm-hmm. <laughs> and everyone pouring into her fully that it really just, it was an underwhelming moment. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think I remember you saying, like, she's just having a ball being the center of attention. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then once they did, you know, start living together and doing daily life right. together, um, what was helpful, you know, what was hard in having the siblings coexist and then trying to promote bonding, maybe sometimes where it wasn't naturally happening? My personal solution for every hard thing in life is summed up in one word, (laughs) love. I, you know, you love on your older kid, you love on your younger kid, you love on yourself, your husband, your extended family, your friends, your neighbors. Love is always the answer to help you through any hard problem because you really can't get hung up on all the things going on externally and internally. When, especially when you're pregnant, because while you're making attempts at potty training, you're also growing brains. I have tried to make the love part really big, the, the biggest, actually, because all the other things fall under the category of this too shall pass. Um, the anxiety that I sometimes feel being the caregiver for two at once with no one else around to say, hey, can you grab the baby or hey, can you handle if she's having a real meltdown right now? Love just, it helps you do all of it with grace and extends mercy to those situations that fall short of your expectations. Ultimately, most important thing to help with the transition and every day-to-day transition because as you mentioned, they settle in and your oldest realizes, wow, this is not changing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, This baby is here to stay. And so the most important thing to help with all of it is love. How do you teach that to a toddler? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say, I don't, I don't know that I really have taught her directly. I have just, really been witness to some beautiful things that my older kid has done that I don't even know how she got there. She just <laughs> tends to amaze me. And I mean, one of the most beautiful things has been seeing my oldest flourish 
with her other relationships. And he and I, or she and, I'm sorry, she and her dad have gotten to spend more one-on-one -on -one time together in the evenings and weekends now. When I hear him being so silly and her laughing like a hyena down the hall with him, it just <laughs> warms my heart and fills my cup to the brim. And same thing with her and her sibling. Uh, they just start, they just will crack each other up <laughs> laughing out of nowhere. And, and you get that feeling and you know that, that love is present. And I think kids are just programmed to know. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So um, it, it, it may end up surprising you. Yeah. That's encouraging. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And same yeah. deal with, you know, my oldest and her grandparent and friend relationship. She's leaning into those other relationships more while I've had to step out to bond and give some really intimate attention to our brand new child. So. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips for dealing with jealousy? I was thinking about that. Um, <laughs> and I, I look at home videos of me and my sister and my mama and dad always talk about this. Like, yeah, you were just like, you went a little crazy. <laughs> Um, not having the attention you were used to and you just got louder and crazier and, you know, trying to be a little actress all the time. Um, I'm sure there were other things that, that were not on the camera, but, um, yeah, just, I, I know I was struggling with jealousy and lack of attention, even though I loved my sister, you know, it's still hard for a kid. So I don't know any tips for that. Yes. Well, honestly, I'm going to give my answer. And then afterwards, I'm going to be coming back to you for advice on how to raise two girls. And I've been, <laughs> I've been asking this of a lot of um, women who grew up with sisters, because I grew up with a younger brother, mm. never got to experience that, <laughs> that rub, if you will, mm -hmm. <laughs> between two girls growing up alongside each other. Um, so, and, and to be honest, I've only really seen the jealousy come out overtly in recent weeks. And we are seven months into our journey as being a family of four now. And I'll, for an example, the other day, Isabel said her first word, she said, mama. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And it just came over me like a wave. I had no way to temper my response and <laughs> about how my reaction to hearing my daughter say that word as her first word, how it would come off in front of my older kid. And maybe I am kind of monitoring my reactions sometimes. Hmm. I noticed that I just completely... I got up and I just made over her and wanted to hear it again. And <laughs> and now I hear Elena calling me mama <laughs> mm. rather than mommy, which has been my, my mom name. Yeah. So I would say that probably struck a chord with her. A little jealousy came out. So one thing that I, I think I did in response was I started talking about how much it reminded me of the first time that I heard her say mama is a baby because that was her first word as well. 
you can remind them that you know you're, you're allowed to have those joyful moments you should give yourself permission to have that joy again you know remind your oldest that when you were a baby I remember the same thing. We did the same sort of things together and show Koda pictures of when he was a baby baby and wearing the same shirt. If you have onesies that you want to use for both kids. Yeah, they really enjoy that kind of taking that trip down memory lane with you times when they had that same moment with you as a first time mom. I love that. That was another question I had, like, what are ways that you found that um, do help Elena feel special and, you know, still making time for her and mom. Yeah. How, how has that gone for you? I would say this was something I didn't prepare for on the front end of things. I talked about earlier how I wanted to address all the physical needs that I could, but on the, on the afterload, after, now that baby's here, I have really focused my effort on trying to provide that space as well that we can bond and have our own time together so my kids both go to daycare a fabulous daycare during the day while I'm working and lots of times our infant will wake up earlier and my husband will take her in before my oldest and I always let my kids sleep as long as they need to never wake a sleeping baby so Elena will wake up and it'll just be me and her in the house. <laughs> and she will ask me, you know, during the summertime, we have taken, I, I got a trailer for my bike. I could take her on a bike ride in the morning with me to go to daycare so that we could spend some time outdoors. I could get a little bit of exercise in. Mm-hmm. And that has worked really well for our morning routines to let the baby wake up early like she does and you know head in early with dad and spend some of that extra time in the mornings just going slow and being really intentional about my time with my oldest so that she knows that we still have that Mm -hmm. and I would say I also I talk I take her out on little mom and Elena dates uh, to get her hair cut. She enjoys that going one-on-one with me and we get, you know, we grab some food. And I also, during my maternity leave, I, I spent my maternity leave at home with my youngest and my oldest still went to daycare, which wasn't a bad thing at all because that was her routine. That's what she was <laughs> used to do. We had no qualms about going and we staying here, which was, thank God, I wasn't really prepared for how I was going to deal with that if it was going to be an issue, but it didn't end up being an issue. So, but uh, the last day of my maternity leave, I sent my infant in and I kept my oldest at home with me just so that I could really spend a day just making over her and give a nod to that chapter that was closing again on me since I've maintained full-time work pretty much since I became a mom. Mm-hmm. Save for one summer when I tried staying at home and not for me, 
but um, <laughs> but the, but that day that I got to spend with her, I mean, we just we did all, all of her favorite things, and and I'm really glad that I did I did do that. It, it set me back a little bit. She next day did not want to go to daycare. She wanted to stay mm-hmm. home, but it was still a really great time to reconnect with her and just spend some one-on-one time. Hmm. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, those are all great ideas. And I've actually been thinking about some of those things, as you've mentioned, I've you know seen you going out with Elena uh, and your bike. Yeah, I have been dying to get a bike. I just never replaced my old one um, for years. And so I'm, I'm looking for one right now. I just bought a, a bike seat for Coda. Um, so I'm hoping to, to do some of that similarly. Ah, the, the goal is before Lila comes and before I can't sit on anything for a little while. Um, <laughs> but, and, and it's winter too. So I'm hoping before winter, but, um, yeah, I, I would really love doing that. My dad did that with my sister and me. We'd go on bike rides. I don't know how he did it with two. I don't really remember, but I love going on bike rides and I want to do that with Coda too. Um, and then also our uh, cafe up the street. I love taking Coda there. And his thing now is to get a muffin with me. Like muffins are his favorite thing for some reason now. And so maybe I'll try that every once in a while. I have let him remember. I, I still love doing these things with you and we can still have special time. That is all great. I I totally 100% recommend <laughs> going through <laughs> those ideas. And if you want to start a Cycling Mamas <laughs> interview, you can yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. There was one thing that I didn't get to talk about that I had gotten word of before new baby got here. And that was that my firstborn would have a regression in some way. Mm. Um, And that was one of the hardest things about having two for me was my firstborn's chosen regression. (laughs) I prayed so hard she wouldn't regress with potty training and she didn't. So that's a praise, but she did undergo a pretty significant sleep regression for about the first two to three months. (laughs) It was pretty painful. My newborn was surprising me because she slept so well and only required wakings to nurse. And then immediately she went back to sleep. No Mm -hmm. walking or walking the halls required. But my oldest had so much trouble falling and staying asleep when the new baby got here. She was a complete insomniac for a while. It just felt cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but of course it was a beautiful, beautiful thing when our oldest went back to sleeping through the night. <laughs> I now have two kids that for the most part sleep through the night, basically. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. <laughs> That's a gift. <laughs> yeah. Youngest still wakes to nurse usually twice, but still she goes right back to sleep after she nurses, which I totally count as sleeping through the night. Yeah. We will see what happens with Coda because it's kind of a mess right now. He still gets up in the middle of the night and comes to our room and sleeps in the little nook we made him on the floor. And I don't know how to break it or if I want to break it. And I'm just at this point, I'm like, well, he probably won't like a newborn like screaming or just crying, you know, periodically throughout the night. So maybe he'll just self like regulate and go back to his bed, his bedroom, his quiet bedroom. We will see. I'll keep you posted. Definitely keep me posted. And (laughs) 
whatever additional help you need to bring on board for your survival needs. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely reached out to some, had some resources and I did the same thing with my first. I saved, I saved some cash beforehand to bring in a postpartum doula for the first week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then <laughs> after my doula was like, okay, you're, you're good now. There's <laughs> helper for the mornings when I return to work mm-hmm. and um, just reaching out to nearby family and friends and neighbors mm-hmm. <laughs> to mitigate the anxiety and stress and um, the hard challenges that come with parenting too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate those, those ideas and suggestions and, um, yeah, it's it's good encouragement to ask for help, um, and even just like let people know how you're doing. Just give updates and um, asking for prayer, asking for advice, or just hey, just want to let you know I made it through another day. Well, I really appreciate you coming on and sh- making time to share as you take care of your two kids. I really enjoyed hearing about all your experiences and strategies. I think you just named so many awesome things, like. I already have some ideas of, of things I might want to do with Coda um, that I haven't thought of yet. So it's it's a lot and it's a big transition and um, for you and for the other sibling. But it's it sounds encouraging. Like there's light at the end of the other at the other side of the tunnel. Absolutely, and you're going to just be blown away with how much Coda grows and mm. <laughs> just the things that you'll see in him when Lila gets here. I'm just, I'm so excited for you guys. It really is a beautiful thing to look forward to. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. We're so excited too. And I know that there are some mamas out here, out there who are listening and benefiting from this too. So if you are tuning in, uh, thank you for spending some time with us. Um, if you're one of those mamas like us who are currently in a transition to two, just know that we're with you. We're cheering you on. Just like any other mamahood transition, remember to give yourself grace um, and continue celebrating the little victories, even the ones that may not seem to matter to other people. But go ahead and celebrate those. Take those wins. I'll say bye for now. And as life with Coda and baby Lila allows, I look forward to sharing more real life mama stories and tips with you all in future episodes. 